Welcome to GalaxyCon Talks Comics with your hosts, Mike Broder and Patty Hawkins. Join us each week as we talk to some of the biggest names in the comic book industry, both past and present. Make sure to follow us online at GalaxyConTalksComics.com. Hey, Patty, how are you? I am well, Mike. How are you tonight? I'm good. Welcome to GalaxyCon Talks Comics. Me and uh, Patty Hawkins. I'm Mike Broder. Tonight with us is our special guest. He is the creator of the GalaxyCon mascots, the the artist behind Galaxy Girl and G-Bot. Mm-hmm. He's the artist of Dear Justice League for DC Comics, as well as uh, the upcoming Dear Supervillains. He uh, worked on Guardians of the Galaxy, Bizarro, his own yeah. book, Monsters and Other Stories, which you can yep. get from Dark Horse. And uh, he, uh, he uh, likes to drink bourbon, like, uh, like us. So uh, without further ado, Gustavo Duarte. Hello, guys. The way from Brazil. How did you get GalaxyCon hat in Brazil, Gustavo? Uh, it's a black market that we can get everything here. Yeah. Even even now that we cannot go to the United States because uh, your president don't want us there, but we can get some products from the United States, and GalaxyCon hat is one of these. So. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds about right. I'm so, picturing somebody with a big cart with miscellaneous American apocrypha, you know, Coca Cola, Levi jeans, Galaxy Cat hats. So, Gustavo, you're in uh, you're in Brazil. You're working on American comics. So, did you read comics when you were a kid growing up? Yes, sir. Yes, a lot, a lot more than today. I can say that. Mm. Now that I do, I don't read too much. But when I was a kid, I used to read a lot. What were the favorites? Peanuts. Not comics, comics, but Peanuts. Uh, <laughs> after Calvin, Calvin and Hobbes. But Mad Magazine. And if if you were talking about superhero, I can say Spider-Man, Hulk, and... All Will Eisner stuff. Will Eisner is very was yes he still is he's still popular here, but he was very popular in the eighties in Brazil. Well, uh, Will Eisner, yes. So were you like contract with God or this? this? Uh, all, all the graphic novels, but also spirits. I, I remember the first time that I, when I saw uh, Will Eisner book, it was a spirit one. I, I was I don't know eight or nine nine years. And I used to buy Spider-Man, Hulk, uh, Fantastic Four, other things. And I saw that, and it was bigger. It was like this, yeah. bigger than uh, the, 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 the pattern. And I said, wow, that's nice because it's not, how can I say, it's, it was so different from everything. And I became a huge fan. Now, were you reading... The spirit stuff that you were getting, was it like reprints from, the, like, I think Dennis Kitchen was putting some of that stuff out, or was it Brazilian versions? It was, it was Brazilian, it was published here from the old stuff. Okay. It was published in a, in a big magazine, All Spirits. Yeah. And then what about on the Spider-Man and the Hulk and that kind of stuff? Was it Brazilian, you know, or, or English? Yes, I, I started to read in English when I was, I don't know, uh, when I was uh, a teenager. But as a kid, we have a lot of stuff. But 
we have a lot of stuff here, sure. And I used to read only in Portuguese. Uh, how about the mad stuff? Was that uh, original English or was that translated? Translated. And, and really? we have original material here. Like all the mad uh, magazine in all the countries like that. We have a lot of uh, American stuff at the magazine. And we have a lot of uh, Brazilian stuff. So the mad magazine resumed the 80s was very good. Very, very fun. You've just given me a whole new thing to look for because I would be fascinated to see uh, Mad Magazine from uh, various countries, various cultures, because Mad was always so culturally satirical and parodying and stuff. So I could talk my head. I got to go a bunch of Mad stuff that I just don't think wouldn't translate well humorously into, into other uh, other foreign cultures. But yes, 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 it, it works. Because even the covers, we have a lot of good uh, guys doing the covers for Brazil. We have, yeah. we have here we have American covers in our magazine, but sometimes we have Brazilian covers with the okay. political figures or, or uh, artists and uh, things that things like that. It was did, nice. Did you have a favorite uh, Mad artist? I don't know. I have a lot. Yeah, <laughs> there's a there's a lot of good ones. Yeah, but, uh, but who do you like? If if I need to pick one, I think I, I, I need to pick uh, Sergio Aragonés because he's everything. But I, I have that that part that we have. I have some books there. Gonna, I'll be right back. Yeah. I'm going to grab something to show you. I have Jack Davis <laughs> there. I have Jack Davis, yeah. Bo Martin. I have a lot of yeah. bad stuff there. So it seems like a lot, kind of like your art, you seem to skew towards the very cartoony style, mm-hmm. as opposed to the more Drucker style, which is caricature based for the hysterical stuff. Like, which is absolutely fine. I mean, and your your art style reflects that totally. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, more Drucker just passed away just a few weeks ago, and yes. um, and any any time I I've done like sketch duels and stuff, I have a bunch of artists in line. The slightly older guys, they always say, oh, Mort Trucker, and they always rate Mort Trucker. They said he was the best artist in the world at drawing knuckles. He was the one of the best artists in the world to draw anything. Very true. Absolutely very true. But I had a whole idea that I three or four artists that just spent about five minutes just, just talking about his skills at knuckles and stuff. And I was just like, and again, it's like, when you read Mad, you're so... Because it's, it's it's meant for the juvenile mind, so you're still into the humor and stuff, and the the tech the technical skills of Sergio and Don and all those guys. It's not that it's lost on you; it's just that you can't appreciate it until much older. Then you revisit it, you're like, "My God, these guys, their technique was superb." Yes, yes, they have both. They are uh, brilliant uh, talking about uh, to have the, the ideas, and they are brilliant how to do these things that's that's not common and not it, it was not it, it is not common to have all these guys in the same place in the same years so yeah. that magazine was something that uh, it's impossible to have again these guys together what uh, on the uh, say superhero side did you uh, were they artists that uh, maybe you didn't even realize at the time, but as you got older, you suddenly realized, oh, this guy, I, I really liked his style or something to that effect. Let me see. I think John Romita, sir, because I, I love uh, Spider Man. But after them, uh, after they, uh, after that time, uh, Daily Kill. It's mm. 
when he, he was doing Hulk. Yeah. He was something that I, I really appreciate at, at, at that time. Greg Capullo and all the Spawn uh, work for me was... I remember the, the last time I, I could be in your country, <laughs> I was with Capullo. <laughs> and I talked to him because I said, man, you were my uh, my how can I say my, my guitar hero when I was uh, a kid, a kid, a teenager. But Greg Capulli, he he was one of one of the have you, have you ever met Sergio? Sergio, yes, Sergio did the, the introduction of my uh, monster book in the United States. Ooh. When when he did that, I said to my wife, I think I will stop now because I I am in the higher ground now. Uh, uh, the high, highest point that I can go so I will stop but I did it wrong I come back like Michael Jordan the Wizards and <laughs> I'm living this way it's important uh, to know the, the, the time to stop like Pelé not like Jordan I'm like Jordan so <laughs> a lot of people know your work in the US from uh, either Bizarro or Guardians mm -hmm. of the Galaxy, recently Dear Justice League, but you had been working in in Brazil mm -hmm. on your own stuff for years, and yes. that Dark Horse collected that, I think, in what twenty fourteen. I think you, uh, Put that all together uh, in uh, monsters and other stories, which has uh, Monstros, uh, Co, Birds, yes. and so. How did you start? working on your own stuff in Brazil and publishing, and how did you get into the U.S.? I started as a cartoonist. I started as a cartoonist uh, more than 20 years ago. Uh, I used to work for doing cartoons, uh, illustrations, uh, caricature. But always I want to do something with comics, but uh, I start to think, ah, in the future I will do, in the future I will do, but I'm old, I need to do and 10 years ago, 10, 11 years ago, I sit and, uh, and think, I need to do a, a, a comic. And I, I did call. It was my first comic. And I did Independent. After that, I did more two books, Taxi and Birds. And all these books, uh, I print here. I used to print here and go to or San Diego or New York to the Comic Cons. Uh, to see people, to show the, to the, the publishers and to see if, if it can work not only in Brazil, but in the United States. And when I did Monster, that is a little bigger, so we are talking about 80 pages. Uh, the older stories, I did 32 pages in each. I bring to the United States to, to uh, New York Comic Con, yes, to uh, New York Comic Con. And showing the, the, the to the publishers in this case to, to dark horse and when i did that uh sierra, sierra han that she was the publisher at the the dark horse at the, that time mm -hmm. she said let's let's release it here because it's it's bigger than the others and we can put together and that can be a good book so because that they know me because every year i used to go there showing the to all the publishers, to the people, and that's the way. When you first uh, put this out in in Brazil, uh, what was uh, for, how hard was that actually? Did you did you self publish or was there independent publishers? 
uh, self-publisher. The, oh. the three, the, the, my three first books, self-publisher. I can say that it's a lot of work to do, but it's not hard. Yeah. Uh, the problem is you need uh, to do the book that the first thing, but you need to uh, think about how everybody will know about that. And you go to send to the, the journalists. Uh, you need to yeah. two or three release parties to the people come, drink, and buy. <laughs> and send some to uh, send. We are talking about, we're talking in 2009. So it's not, everything was not so easy that, like today. Yeah. To sell uh, in the internet and everything. I used to sell uh, for in my mail. The people used to send an email to me, and I uh, answer, and it, it was like that. Yeah, it was a, a lot of work to do, but it was it was very good because it was good. But it's a problem because now I know how to do. When I see that it's not working in the publishers because they are not doing a, a, a point, I'm I'm pissed off because. Uh, it's like that, but nobody in the publishers look to me and say, "This guy, this guy don't don't know what he's talking about." And right. That's a problem. But I learned a lot doing this uh, by myself. Since you begin getting more familiar with the uh, American uh, side of publishing and the comic scene over here, uh, what's the what's the difference from your perspective? You think from comic publishing and generally comic fandom in general in your country compared to what you witnessed in ours? It's totally different. You have yeah. industry, industry of yeah. comics. We don't have. Mm -hmm. If I sell four, 5,000 books, I'm a, it's a huge, huge number here yeah. in the United States. Not. So it's different. It's, it's very it's, it's complicated to start to thinking to, to have, if you have something similar, we have uh, a lot of people that like comics in, in Brazil, but uh, we don't have this thing that uh, all all uh, all week we have new comics, all week we have new books. No, it's uh, it's very small. Uh, it's yeah, a very small. Business. So it, it's there. It just yeah, like I said. Uh, Mike and I are from the generation of when comic shops first really kind of got into business. And I call Mike, Mike and I, we call ourselves the direct market generation. So we tend to foster that we built into it. It almost seems like the scene in your country is the way it was maybe 30 years ago, where the concept of a direct market and, and things like that is just being settled in, but it's also colliding with the internet and all the other uh, new forms of media. Yes. Yes. The internet helps you to find what, whatever you want, but uh, at another point, a lot of people prefer to, I don't know, to buy, uh, not to buy, to have a read a scan or something like that. It, it, it's, it's very different. For us, uh, when I was a kid, the, the normal to buy comics, it, it was to go to a, a magazine uh, stand yeah. and buy your comics in the same place that your mother bought uh, her uh, <laughs> magazine yeah. at the same time at some place that your 
that by their magazines. It was like that. Yeah. For me, it was nice to be that like that. With the time, the, the comics com start to go to the comic shops and to bookstores. And now we have, uh, I live in Sao Paulo, the biggest city in the country. Uh, we have three or four comic shops, good comic shops. It's, it's nothing. We are talking about 14 million people. And we have the, the, the what, what, what happened with the years is the books, the, the, the comics, going to the books like Monsters and Other Stories. Uh, yeah. I have Monsters here, published in a book, and you have in the bookstores. And the bookstores put comics in the worst place possible. In the end, here the bathroom, but not so in a, in a good place like the bathroom that you, you can find with the, the, the signs. It's, we, we don't have signs. <laughs> For uh, comics, no. Yeah. Comics. So when you put, you know, co. That's, that's the Brazilian verse, the version. Yeah. yeah. So they put that by the bathroom? In the bookstores, yes. In the comic shops, no. In the comic shops, the, the books. The <laughs> but, but I think what they're saying is it's good bathroom reading. No, but could be, too. That's not a problem. <laughs> it could be. You do your stuff in the style, um, at least the international stuff, where you don't use a lot of words. In fact, you do a lot of stuff silent, going back to the old Charlie Chaplin, you know, idea of, you know, getting the biggest audience possible, right? And telling the story just in pictures without words. Yes. Has that helped you get an audience in other countries other than Brazil and the U.S.? I think yes. Uh, it was not... In the first, uh, the first moment, not it was not my idea to think I will do something without words to conquest the world. No, when I when I used to do cartoons, I used to love to do the the, the cartoons without words. The, the best cartoons that I ever did, it was without words. When I went to to do my first comic, I think. Mm, I, I want to do something without words. Uh, it's I, I can do this for in one uh, in one panel, but let's see if have, if it's possible to do in thirty two pages. And I went to do call after taxi after birds, and I really like it. So I have a lot of stories, short stories, bigger uh, without words. It's <laughs> nice to do. In fact, using the words. You need to tell your story without them. Yeah, it's important to the people that to the person who is uh, reading the book to understand. Sure, with the words, but not only with the words. You are telling the story. You are drawing the actors. The actors need to do something. I think that reflects heavily on on your influences earlier. Uh, Eisner, of course, was supremely adamant about that, that someone should at least be able to grasp the story without any words whatsoever. And uh, certainly Aragonis, his mad stuff just, it's brilliant. No word balloons, no nothing. Maybe a sign in the background in English, but you can change that to match any country you send that off to. One of the coolest things, speaking of Aragonis, that ever happened to me, was uh, he did a mad gimmick, a couple a strip a couple of years ago. I think I showed you, right, where he put the the Supercon, the yes. Florida Supercon, you know, 
thing in, in one of the convention strips. And I had to go out and buy a bunch of copies of that because I was like, oh, <laughs> Sergio has noticed me. You, you understand that? Okay. You <laughs> so it happened to me. Were you a big uh, Kurtzman, Carvey Kurtzman fan? Yes. Yeah. Not not uh, not a big fan because uh, I I'm, I'm at his work. Uh, I was uh, an adult yet. Yeah. So, uh, but I, I like him. The, the book is together with Mad World. Yeah. I'm gonna I'm gonna show you something I just got recently. So in a in a in a collection. Oh. Very nice. What's that from? He just did it. it. Yeah. Yeah, it was a commission piece. So the next time you come here, Gustavo, you'll see it hanging next to your uh, next to your girl. That's nice. <laughs> the, the good thing about my drawings at your office is that I have a lot of good company around. Yes. Yes. I like to keep you, you know, in good company. Yes. Certainly made my my room here in Orlando interesting. <laughs> So when you were growing up, did you have a lot of friends that read comics like you? No. You have any? No, no. Yes, uh, only me and my cousin, Gabriel. Uh, we used to read. But my friends at the school, my other friends, one or other, uh, I have a friend that used to read Calvin and Hobbes, but uh, comics like I used to do, and my friends, my, my comic uh, friends now, you know, only only my, my cousin that we two used to draw, and we like comics and all stuff. So you you get the stuff published in the U.S. What's your first work for one for an American publisher other than your work? Guardians of the Galaxy. Guardians of the, it, it was a book, two thousand fourteen. I don't know, it's 2014 or 2015. Andy Lanning bought my book in in England and he sent me a message uh, to a Facebook. I, I don't have Facebook, but he sent to a, a fan page. The fan page sent to me and uh, I read and it was, uh, he, he was talking about, uh, I really like your work. I want to work with you. Uh, would you do some superhero stuff? I said, yes, but I don't know if they want me to do some superhero stuff. That's a strange for me. Uh, I used to love to read superhero, but I, when I was growing up uh, and my style was, uh, being, it was being creating, I looked at this and I, I would love to do superheroes, but I don't know if the comic... Uh, Publishers would love to meet you to do that. Yeah. So I talked to him. He was now he's a friend. He's he's very nice, and he said, "No, no, I think that can work because I have a, a, an idea to a group story. So you can can do a group story without words, only with I am Groot. I am Groot. So well, can be nice, but he." called the, the, the publisher uh, and said, the editor said, ah, I want to work with Gustavo. And the, the editor said, ah, we already gave the, this job for another uh, artist. And he, he wrote to me and said, oh, Gustavo, sorry. 
they are already gave to another guy. I said, that's not a problem. I'm happy that you like my work. And now I can say to my to my grand, grandchild that I, I almost do something to Marvel, but I would not do. He said to me, no, I want to work with you. He said, no, when, when you talk to me about Groot and Rocket, I did this and I sent uh, a show, I sent him uh, a drawing of Groot and and Rocket. Rocket is in the top, like with uh, Websling. What's the name of the this? That's the problem when you don't really speak a language. You <laughs> lost sometimes. But it was a drawing that it was nice. And he said, wait a minute, send me in high definition to me. I need to, to show the editor. And one day after, he sent me an email and said, you don't know about uh, from me, but uh, that uh, the Marvel editor will send you a mail. We will do something together. And we did this galaxy, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy stuff. He, Romars, and me. It was very nice, but it was my first gig, and it was nice. It was a little surreal for me because I used to do monsters, chickens, pigs, uh, birds, uh, elephants, and after that, I was doing Iron Man, Gamora, Drax, all these guys, and Rocket and Groot. That makes sense. And everything. I said, I, I, I remember I was reading the, the script. It began in Asgard, destroyed by, by I don't know what. I said, Asgard. And after, nowhere. Nowhere. Man, I need to draw uh, all this stuff. I, I want to draw all the characters, only two characters. You work together, but I thought in, the, in, the, in that moment, if I can, if I can do this, I can do anything. You, uh, I don't know if I can do anything, but I did. You can do everything. You could also draw a pig and an elephant. Yes. <laughs> so. Do you remember? Do you remember the, the first time that I went to a, 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 a convention of yours? I think it was Magic City. I, I did this. I, I took this. Uh, drawing and I put in Miami Miami clothes. Do you remember that? Yeah, I do. I, I love that drawing. Yeah, and uh, the, the the in the glass I have the this little little thing in the glass, but it was green with Versalis logo, and we have the Miami Hitch Miami Heat at the the flag. Yeah, no, I love I love that piece by you. So you do Guardians. And uh, that came out around the time of the movie. It was great for me. And uh, then people start noticing you. Yeah. You did the lockjaw thing. Yeah, yeah. After that, I, uh, I did Bizarro. The DC color, the, 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 the editor of the DCs saw the, the book, and they called me to do Bizarro. If I could choose a, a character to work in DC, Bizarro is one of the three, so it was very nice. And after Lockjaw, Miss Marvel, after that, Moon Girl, Moon Girl, uh, to do Moon Girl is it was one of my best works because it's she's very nice. And work a little girl with a dinosaur, it's nice. Yeah, dinosaur, you know, right up your alley. Goes well with the pigs and the elephants and the. 
monsters. And the birds are the monsters. Yes. Well, uh, when did uh, the monsters, uh, monsters Marvel crossover alternate covers roll in? You did a uh, several of them, uh, didn't you? I did two. Did two? Okay. Uh, uh, most it was monsters and Gwen Stacy stuff they put together. Remember that? And uh, yeah, Kirby monsters and, and Gwen Stacy. <laughs> yeah, I did too. I did Gugan and uh, this one. This is this one is one of my favorites. <laughs> this oh is a God. great one. I don't think I've ever seen this one. Really? Oh no! Yeah, that's that's one of my favorites. That's uh, ridiculous. Uh, I think they like that because they did a, a poster. Marvel did a poster of this. Oh, did they? I, I, yeah, I, I I didn't know about notice about that. And uh, comic shop sent a, a email saying, "No, oh, we have a poster of yours. You're big, so, no, nice." It's a did pretty they... awesome Spider-Man on her, right? <laughs> the, the, the original the original idea it was Green Goblin. Because okay. I because I am old. Gwen Stacy, Spider Man, Gwen Well, that's a that's a seventies Gwen in her in her uh, little skirt yeah. and her green jacket yeah. and green jacket yes. and her her hair. Yes. Mm-hmm. And the editor said, Gustavo, I think it, uh, what's the name of this guy? I don't remember. Oh, oh, Jackal. Jackal, yeah. And, Jackal, yeah. and the new that's that the, the the editor at Marvel said to me. Gustavo, I think, can be uh, better with Jacko because uh, he was at the story at, the, at that point. Sure, nice. Yeah. Mike pulled up uh, one of your Bizarro books. I need to say that I really fight for these shorts. Yeah. Because at the time, do you remember that Superman don't use the underwear? Uh, oh, yeah. And I was talking about that. No, no, I need to be all my, my character designers was work with uh, the underwear and the editor said no 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 Superman don't have anymore so Bizarro don't have no I said a good point you have if Superman don't have doesn't have Bizarro can have and we start we started talking ah, okay Gustav you won you can put <laughs> and then eventually Superman got him back yeah Maybe you may be responsible for that in some small way. You may have kept the pilot light going for the shorts. Yeah, I think it's me. Sure. <laughs> and so I think your your most high-profile project to date has been the Justice League book that came out last year, right? Yeah. So, dear Justice League, so tell us about what this is. This is this is a, a very nice book. When DC started this new label for kids, they call. Uh, a lot of writers that used to, to write to kids and to young adults, and they called uh, some artists, and they put me to work with Michael Norton. He's a very good writer and a very nice guy, too. So it was very nice to work with him, and the, the basic idea of the story is nice. is the superheroes answering the questions of the kids. Questions like, Superman, do you do you do bad things? Not bad. Uh, do you do wrong things? Uh, or you are perfect and everything works for you? Uh, Aquaman, do you smell like fish? Uh, Wonder Woman, how it was your birthday of eight years? A lot of kind of questions that keep 
could ask to the, the, yeah. the superheroes. So it was nice to see each one uh, answering the, the, the questions and how they answer like superheroes and show them that they are normal. They have our problems. And it was nice to do. And it was not a, a nice book uh, to see because the colorist was uh, Marcelo Maiolo. He's Brazilian too. And he's very, very good. And the book came very beautiful because of that. You, uh, what's great about that book is that it's not only in the comic stores, but it's also in all the bookstores. Yes, and yes. So it's in all the bookstores. It's in the kids, the kids section. So it's being exposed to a whole different audience than just just comic book readers. That's an important thing, comics, in my opinion. I, I say that in Brazil all the time, and it fits in the United States, it fits in Germany, and I, I it's important to us with. Do comics. We do for the people who love comics. Okay. But we need all the time new people reading our books. And we need kids reading comic books. And I remember to when, when they called me and said, ah, it's, it's a new label at the sea. And at this time, we, we want to do comics for kids. I remember to say, comics are for kids. What you're talking about. <laughs> because we, we uh, I don't know, as comic readers, you grow, you too, uh, we grown up needing to say, oh, no, comics is not only for kids. No, no, comics is not only for kids. We have comics that they are uh, more hard to understand and more these, more that. No, comics is not only for kids, not only for kids, but it is for kids too. So it is important to do comics for kids. And it was very nice for me uh, to do this book and to do other books to kids and to be not only uh, in a place that a hard user comic lover will find. I want to be found by a kid or by an, uh, an adult that is not a comic uh, hard user. People are like, well, that's nice. I like this cover. I will read. And he or she can like the book, start to, to read comics, and that's important. And you get to draw dinosaurs. Before I, I do uh, Moon Girl and Red Dinosaur, a Devil Dinosaur, uh, now my my Tyrannosaur is a little better, I think. I, I got excited. I think I told you where I bought... I bought a, a copy of Dear Justice Week. Was in a in a little shop in Paris. Yes, you showed me the the, the, the photo. I was excited to uh, to find you in in, in France. Merci. You, uh, <laughs> I knew you had made it. Okay, so you know we became friends. I think a little bit over your our mutual love of bourbon, right? Mm -hmm. And uh, you know we start you know start doing the shows with us, and then I you know coerce you into helping me create, you know, design these characters. Yes. You you came up with the Galaxy Girl and G-Bot. And I got to tell you, I love these characters, and they are our brand. Mm -hmm. Gustavo, wow. you are you are insane about your fonts and your design. You very much care about the graphic design. Oh, I, your work. I love graphic design. I, I think... You say to me, uh, you need to choose 
to do uh, stories or to do your drawings with graphic design, I need to choose only one. I think I need to choose my drawings with graphic design because it's my passion. I, I love to, to tell my stories, love, but I love to do this. Uh, when I do the, the posters for you, it's, it's a pleasure because it is our characters, uh, characters that we create together and in a, in a, a nice space like this and I can do a big monster and I uh, can use your logo. That's nice. It's a, it's a job that I really like. You know, you've also done now a couple of variant books with us. Somebody keeps talking in the comments about the Invader Zim cover you did with us. That was nice, too. That was last year when we had uh, the guys from Invader Zim did the show, so we, 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 we want to do the variant, and you threw that together. God only knows what he's going to do with those chickens. <laughs> I, I need, I need, I need to, to tell a fun story about this cover. Uh, you're calling me to do, man. I, I, I talked to the, the, the editor. I said, I was talking nice. Uh, you can do whatever you want inside these ideas, okay? Okay. And I do. I did some uh, sketches sent to him. So I love this one. And the original idea, it was like this, but it was not chickens. It was a cow. I think it was a cow. Or a bull. I don't know. I think it's, it was a cow. And said, ah, oh, we love this idea, but uh, not with a cow. We can use another. We can have other ideas. I said, sure. And I put the, the, the chickens and I put other ideas. And when I sent the chicken ones, I said, oh, perfect, with chickens. And my wife saw and said, Gustavo, you're doing a, 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 a piece of cow story in the cover of Evader's Internet. They choose, not me. <laughs> a lot of other. Thing. Other thing, they want chicken. I love this cover. I do too. It's, it's a great cover, yeah. And then you did one other cover for us. Our buddy Tim has yeah. a new book, Money Shot Out. That that book uh, was pretty popular. I think that was uh, an unexpected surprise for a lot of people on how I, popular that book was. I read the the, the first book. This one, it's very nice. It's very fun. It's very well done. Drawings are, are fantastic. You know, Rebecca Rebecca Isaacs is the artist on the book. She's a she's a great artist. She's very good. Yes. And then recently, so uh, I think two weeks ago or three weeks ago, I called you up or I messaged you, and I'm like, "Hey, we need a logo for this show," and you whip this up. Yes. And uh, I see they're reading your comics. Only the right one. The left one is a, 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 a Galaxy poster that became a, a comic book. Yes. <laughs> my, my idea was to put some comic book that I like in her hand. But I talked to a new one, any specific one, so no, no not that specific. Okay. I will well, put the next con and nobody knows the, the, the back cover of the con. So I can put that. I figured I you know, I all I knew was I wanted to have them reading comics. So I'm like, I don't know what it should look like. You know, uh make something happen. So now you're working on Dear Supervillains. Yes. Which is the uh, the sequel to Dear Justice League. Yeah. It's basically the same idea, but with villains. So it's not the same idea because as we talk, kids in Dear Justice League, the kids are talking with the superheroes and we see that they are like us. 
they have our problems. Uh, so the kids want to know about that. Mm-hmm. And supervillains, it's a kind of that, but they are not good people. They are the, the worst people in the world. So we need to to have these two things. One, that's the same of Dear Justice League, that they are people, they're normal people. Normal, not so normal. Yeah. A, a, a brilliant gorilla like Rod is not so normal, but he is normal. And we see that in the story. We have another character there. And we see these little things that turn them, turn them in close, close to us. And but they are bad people. So we need to are these kid characters asking the supervillains these questions? Yeah, yeah. We have like like in Dear Justice League. We okay. Have, at some point we have only uh their their names because they are writing. Okay. And other points we have them see the kids. Okay. Patty, All when right. you were a kid, would you be writing would you write to Batman or would you write to the Riddler? Uh, right to the, the Joker. Well, if, if I could write a letter to Gorilla Grodd, that would be fascinating because it's like, you know, how does this work in Gorilla City and et cetera, you know, all this stuff. Yeah, yeah. We have, in fact, I don't know if I can say that, but we have Gorilla, Gorilla City in the, the book. Okay. All right. Yeah. I, parts, but we have. See, so Gustavo, you would write a letter to the Joker? Yes. When you were a little man? Yes, maybe you're right now because in my head, Joker is Cesar Romero or Jack Nicholson. No. So I, I can ask about the Lakers to the Joker. <laughs> <laughs> no, but Cesar Romero, I mean, is that's, you know, I, Joker. I, I, I think that Cesar Romero and Jack Nicholson are the best Jokers, and after we have the, the rest. Like we are talking about television and movies, I can put. The best in television is Cesar Romero, and the best in the movies is Jack Nicholson. And you can say the best animated is Mark Hamill. Perfect, sir. Yes. You're right. You're right. <laughs> See, everybody's happy now. Well, yes. not everybody, but most yes. everybody's happy. Everybody. I am liking well, the Joker in the new Harley Quinn cartoon on DC. Have you watched that, Gus? No, no, no. I saw uh, just a, a, a trailer uh, last year. Is the, 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 the cartoon... It's good. It's good. good. Uh, Full confession, I am not a Harley Quinn fan. I'm enjoying the heck out of this cartoon. But you are not a Harley Quinn uh, fan? Not not even the classic Harley Quinn? I like the classic Harley Quinn. When she she was originally envisioned, I'm not too big of a fan of how she's exploded and now she's she's up there. Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, Harley Quinn. She... Jim Lee himself said it a couple years ago. She is the fourth linchpin of the DC universe. I know. I, I'm doing a book with her. Yeah, there's, there's there's a lot of issues I have with that. But the animated series is it's it's really worth checking out. They've created their own little bubble of continuity. It's a little bit like the Venture Brothers, if you've ever seen that. Sure. So it's it's very much it's very much in that vein where you you don't ask questions of how it works that way, but you believe that everything works within within its framework and it's been it's it's it's, it's very it's very adult they, very adult they, yeah. they swear and curse almost too much in my opinion which is again weird but, but but it's very funny 
and the characterizations of Bane and Kite Man and, you know, Dr. Psycho, the King Shark. These are, it's great. It's, it's a lot of fun. I know that everybody says that Kevin Conroy is the greatest Batman and he is the, he is Batman, but I will take, I will put Dietrich Bader up next to Kevin Conroy any day of the week as Batman. I love Dietrich Bader. I love Kevin Conroy. I love Dietrich Bader just as much. When are we finally going to get him? I've been working on it for years. I know. <laughs> but Gustavo, if you get a chance, you should watch it. It is. It's uh, funny. It's funny. I and I, I waited. I waited for a year and a half because I just don't love Harley Quinn as a character. And then I just kept reading that it was a good good show. I, I don't know if I, I really love this Harley Quinn that I, I'm drawing. In fact, with the uh, ponytail and Pigtail, yeah, yeah. I, I, I really love the classic one, the Bruce Timm. Bruce Timm, yeah. I think that those cartoons are were incredible. I, I, I just love this that that part in the book. We, we don't have her with the classic clothes in the book, but I I, I did something to. To have her with the classic look in the book. Did you get Bizarro in the book? Yes. In he, the short? He's not, but I I put him in. I cannot say, but I, I put him. Well, fine. My, my, my two favorite villains are not in the book, but they are because I'm drawing. So who's your other I, favorite? Uh, Joker and Bizarro. Oh. Okay. They are. They are. Uh, Joker because Michael is very nice and he he uh, said wow, Joker is not in the book and after a month he wrote to me Gustavo I did something for you and he put him in a place but Bizarro is on me <laughs> I put and I said Michael I will do this uh, I will put Bizarro in this place this place <laughs> and said okay you can do it. What's your favorite kind of version of Bizarro? Because he's certainly gone through a lot of permutations. We talking like the Silver Age, Square Planet, Bizarro number one type stuff? Or later on when they try to make him serious, like a Frankenstein monster evil clone? Okay, not serious. Yeah. The classic one is uh, when I uh, I went to start the the book, I uh, asked to see and sent, they sent me uh, the, the classic books. Yeah, uh, to read, and I read everything, and it was so surreal and so impossible. This is bizarre for me. The hard and serious bizarro that it have a problem, and he need no. That's not bizarre for me. Bizarro is this, the, the the super friend bizarro. Yeah, this is bizarro. <clears throat> One of my my uh, favorite well, silver age. Yeah, the silver age and yeah. and the what? the cartoons are. The idea of Bizarro and talking about who did drawing the best drawing for him for me is it was Eric Paul mm-hmm. and that miniseries was yeah. incredible. He's incredible. One of my favorite Silver Age stories is Jimmy Olsen finds himself on the Bizarro world and he thinks, well, they're all dumb. I, I should be able to work my way around this, but he just can't deal with their crazy logic and oh you write this too good this am bad in our world and he's just yeah <laughs> completely wrong and 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 that that was the silver age it's 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 my favorite drug 
Yes. Bizarre is, is a character that I work with and I really want to work again. I, I would love to write a Bizarre story. Write and draw. I would love to read and look at your Bizarro story. Yes. I have a lot of ideas with Bizarro, and I would love to do it. Have you? He's, uh, if I can choose two characters in DC to work, maybe Bizarro and Lobo. Lobo is, Lobo is great. When I was a, a teenager, Lobo was my favorite character. I don't know. As a teenager, that okay, yeah, that makes yeah. sense. I don't know if uh, if we can do uh, that stuff again because the world is very different. But uh, I love. Here's really. I, I I would I would get a kick out of seeing your version of Lobo and and your version of Bizarro. First of all, they're evenly matched, so they could pound the heck out of each other and just get back up and keep going on. And with your expression as a cartoonish style, I that just that just writes itself for an eighty-page one-shot. You know, boom, do put it out. Yeah. Well, Gustavo, if you ever listen to Keith Giffen talk about Lobo, he says that he just kept going as hard as he could, saying, "You're just going to fire me. You're just going to fire me." Trying to get fired. <laughs> and then he eventually, eventually pushed them, but he, uh, you know, we've talked to him at length about about Lobo and his. I, I would love to listen about that because I have their Lobo stuff, uh, his Lobo stuff, at my house when I was I was a, a teenager in the books, and I was to, uh, I, I went to drawing and to look and to draw the, the, the nose like he used to do and uh, it was very nice. All the stuff they say in the comics that now it's impossible. Well, it's, it's funny because Lobo is very much like, kind of like Harley Quinn. I was fine when Lobo was in his own busily killing Santa Claus and, <laughs> and all this other like, goofy stuff, but whenever they pulled him into the regular DC universe, it, it no, didn't, didn't but I love him. I love him in the Justice League. With yeah, it's like bizarro. It's not serious. When he was yeah. feeding the dolphins, when he was feeding the fishies, the fishies, yes. Ah, yeah. This is bizarro. Yes, this we got the, bizarro. Frankenstein, bizarro. What, what is that? <laughs> That's art. I, I, would, I would love to do an entire graphic novel about bizarro and Frankenstein. So you got to convince DC to let you make the book. Yeah, it's hard. I don't know if they want to do this, but how could they not? I, uh, yeah, I, I think like you. I think they don't want to do. It. So, uh, are you working on anything else right now, other than uh, Dear Supervillains? I want no. I'm finishing the book. I'm the last thirty pages. The book is almost in the end, and now I'm talking with DC and with other people to my new book. Uh, I need to do a new book. Uh, so I start to think and I start to talk. But uh, I'm only I, I'm only doing this now. Only no. It's a lot of stuff. A lot of pages. <laughs> I'm, I'm the guy who used to do 32 pages. Now the books have uh, 120 pages. It's a lot. Sure. My, 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 wife, my wife every day, oh, 
How, how was your day? Uh, how many pages you did? Did you finish? Like, <laughs> all the time I say, I will never finish. Yeah. All the time we have more and more. <laughs> and when I finish this, if you have, I, I hope we have more. And I have more, more, more. I never finish. So it'll work forever. And you're not the fastest artist in the world, are you? No, but I'm far to be uh, far away to be the the slow, not the slowest. Oh, but you want it to be. Yeah, I, I I I think I think if an editor brings you on a project, they know what they're in for. They're not going to expect you to do twenty four monthly issues on a tight schedule. You are a special projects artist for sure. Yeah, but, uh, for example, in Bizarro, I work with uh, these deadlines. It was monthly. Mm -hmm. uh, for it was a, a, a mini series, but I work like a, a, a regular book okay. for six month. All right, uh, we got to talk to we got to talk to people at DC and get you on Lobo. Lobo, it's overdue. it's overdue. I think I think I think Lobo and some other ancillary characters are in the. They're in that weird limbo where they keep talking about doing a movie or a, they keep it with something to do with it. So they want to wait to relaunch him to match whatever that ancillary media version is. So. I, I think it, it, the idea is, is to be the opposite of that. You need to do I the agree. Movie and after you do another stuff. And you don't need anything. You, you, you already have all you need to do a great logo movie or series because look it's here and for the record you know it's the it's the classic lobo and not the new 52 lobo classic yes no? i remember uh, i wrote a plot uh three years ago four years ago i went to dc i went to los angeles and i wrote a plot about lobo and at that point the lobo that was in the world it was that 52 lobo the, the young lobo that I never understood. And I wrote a plot about the classic Lobo coming back. And it was a nice story. But I, I, I think they don't, didn't like it. But Lobo has to be, you know, uh, he's a comedy act. He has to be done for fun. It's it's not to be taken seriously. Yes. So I think a lot of the problem with Lobo, that especially Keith will be the first one to tell you, is that people take it too seriously. And he's like, he, you know, Keith created it to be a, a mockery of all those characters. You know, your Wolverines. Oh, there's the the overly serious New 52 version. Yeah. yeah. I mean, it's a, it's a great design for any character. Yeah. As long as you don't the, call the them drum, The drum is very good. I don't like the idea. My problem is the idea. In my, in my story, I, 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 didn't, I, I wrote a, a plot that almost it was almost this, the entire story ready to be done, and in the end, the classic Lobo go go to the place that this, this Lobo was, and it was very nice ending for the story. Well, last week, Jared, this Lobo got knocked out or something, so classic Lobo is running around in in the DCU again. So yeah, it's yeah, I remember. I don't know one year after I, I, I talked to them to work with this uh they put lobo the classical lobo uh, in the books and they put in the justice league mm -hmm. lobo in the justice league but yeah a little odd 
but yeah, like like we've been saying, you know, it was originally created to be a, a, a make fun of, you know, Wolverine and, and that whole anti-hero, you know, you know, arg kind of mentality, and people start to take it seriously, and that's you know, it loses its fun. Yeah. All right, kids. So it's time. Uh, it's time for us to wrap up and uh, go back to our uh, go back to work. We got to get you back on those thirty pages, Gustavo. That's right. Not not today, please. I need my <laughs> dear, I need my dear supervillains. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, only next year, not this year. They 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 put the the, the idea was in the beginning it was to launch the book, release the book in the middle of this year, no, in October. After they went to December, and now they are thinking to release in April. So I will finish the book next month and we will wait almost a year to see the book. So people people can find you, Gustavo, on Instagram. Yes. You know, if you, uh, it's uh, Instagram.com, you know, it's underline Gustavo Luati. Right. And then uh, anyplace else? Twitter, underline Gustavo Luati. And if you want to see some really awesome art by Gustavo, go to go to his Instagram. He's got a bunch of sketches up there. You've got uh, some really cool stuff. You did a uh, you did a cute little thing with Robin and a, and, and a cat dressed as Batman. Yes, in the beginning of the quarantine, should the because I, I I start to imagine the kids at home. It's too much time. The parents don't have all this time because they are working. So I start to think what they what they can do with the kids, and I, I imagine me as a kid what I can do to transform a, a bat, a cat and Batman to do a, a, a Frankenstein with boxes and all this stuff. Do you do uh, online commissions? I, normally, I do when I go to a convention and okay. I open a list and do with my dear friend Paul at Cadence. But now I'm not doing because I'm finished the book. And, yeah. And I'm sending, uh, I'm inking some uh, some commissions that I, I did to Germany. In the beginning of this craziness, I had a trip to Germany to do five releases in five stores, a convention, and everything was turned down because of the corona. And I, I didn't went. I have a new book there that I, I like this. I, I want to have a, one bizarre made uh, with my style. All the time that I I, I, walk, I talk to someone at this season, I, I need a bizarre like yours. I need your bizarre. Let's think about that. We'll work on that. We'll work on that. All right. So, so we're going to wrap up. Gustavo, thank you for being here. We will have a drink later. and, and uh, Please. Gustavo, I, I can't wait to see Dear Supervillains. You'll have to show me some pages. I will. We'll uh, we'll have a drink, and I can't wait to see you soon at a show. One of our shows. Yeah, I guess, I'll, as always, we look forward to when the world can go by a little bit back to normal. We look forward to having you on our stages, on our floor, in front of your fans, Gustavo. I miss you guys a lot. We miss you, too. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to be here. It's a pleasure to be here. Indeed. <laughs> Tell Josie we said hi. Absolutely. 
and we'll see you soon. Thank you for tuning in to GalaxyCon Talks Comics. We hope you'll join us again next time, and don't forget to follow us online at galaxycontalkscomics.com.